Hi, this is CupyCast. This is being recorded on the traditional territory shared between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe, recognized in the Dish With One Spoon wampum belt. I'm your host, Adam, member of CUPE 3906 Local. If you're a grad student at McMaster, you're probably one of us. If you are one of us, you might know a bit about what we do. And if you don't, well, perfect. That's why I'm here. For almost 40 years, CUPE, or QP 3906, has consistently improved the working conditions of its members, all of whom are academic workers at McMaster University. The union has been dedicated to upholding high standards of education at McMaster by ensuring its members are well equipped to perform their duties and compensated fairly for their hard work. At the present time, QP 3906 represents around 3,500 workers at McMaster, making it the largest union on campus and one of the largest in Hamilton. We currently represent three units. Unit 1, Teaching Assistants and Research Assistants in Lou. That's me. Unit 2, Sessional Faculty, Meld Sessional Faculty, and Hourly Rated Sessional Music Faculty. And Union 3, Postdoctoral Fellows. Our union dates back to 1979, but it didn't always exist in the form it does now. Specifically, in 1994, we merged with the Canadian Union of Public Employees, the largest union in the country, and that's where we picked up our QP. Our representation of members across campus comes by way of member-driven committees, stewards in every department, a 13-person executive committee, and our local staff. See, that's how I got involved in this union. I'm one of the stewards of the Physics and Astronomy Department, and part of my job is to help inform members of the types of support the union can offer you. So, why am I putting this show together? Well, when I first started at McMaster, I took for granted what we have as graduate students. I made enough money to survive, have the occasional dentist visit, I'm a cis white male, and while things could sometimes be better, they've always been good enough. That was until 2017 when everything seemed to catch up with me. Years of overextending myself, the anxiety to succeed, undiagnosed depression, and some uprooting life events made for a summer I struggled to get through. I made use of many benefits I didn't know I had access to, like mental health care, guaranteed financial support, and basically a safety net that many other universities simply don't have access to. So the reason for this podcast is twofold. Graduate school is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. At times, even the support of my friends and family didn't feel like it was enough. I see there a lowering, a right new coffin. I see there letting down, a right new coffin. Way over in that union burying ground. I want everyone to know about the support you have access to and, and how to get it. I want you to know that you're not alone in anything you're going through. The second reason is that the support we have access to is not freely given. Right now, we risk losing, inch by inch, the structure and benefits that I and many other union members need to keep doing the work that we do. You made it into grad school at McMaster. It wasn't a fluke. You're accepted because you have something McMaster values and needs. You deserve to be here, and we're going to do whatever we can to make you believe that and to ensure you are cared for accordingly. Another union organizer. 
So this episode's going to be a bit longer than a typical show, but I think we need to get everyone up to speed first. So, every so often, QP needs to negotiate a new contract with McMaster. For the most part, we have a strong core of benefits, but many of our members are still left in difficult financial and personal situations. A lot of what we ask for at each negotiation is simply security for members with extenuating circumstances. For example, fifth year PhDs who at that point are no longer guaranteed any funding. However, this year was a bit different. The Ford government was pushing a bill, Bill 124, that represents a big step backward in our union security. So this bill has not passed, but if it did, the bill will, among other things, allow McMaster to lock our compensation, and I just used air quotes there, in at 1% increase per year. On its face, if one interprets compensation as pay, this puts us below the rate of inflation, meaning that as the cost of living in Hamilton increases, our pay is not going to keep up. However, there's a danger that compensation is used to define pay and benefits, like health and dental coverage. Obviously, if the former were bad, latter is much, much worse. And this is unacceptable. However, Bill 124 is not law. There's no reason that our new contract be limited to these outrageous terms. Well, that's my opinion. McMaster didn't seem to agree. Initial bargaining went nowhere fast, with McMaster insisting on negotiating as if Bill 124 was already law. To be clear, the bill was proposed in June, we began negotiating in July, and this is being recorded in October. So if you hadn't been following the bargaining process before, at this point you probably became aware that there was an issue. Around this point, we held a strike vote. This was a vote amongst the union members to determine that if we're unable to reach a satisfactory contract, are we comfortable going on strike? So you may already know the results because they were highly publicized. We received an astounding 87% yes, with more yes votes than total votes ever received in a QP 3906 vote in history. Okay, so hopefully we're all caught up now. If you'd like more details, you can check out bettermac.ca. The whole story is up there. Okay, we filed for conciliation, a legal term for obtaining an unbiased third party to help in negotiation. Conciliation is a process by which a trade union or an employer can ask the Ontario Ministry of Labour for help in resolving their differences so that they can reach a collective agreement. Either party may apply to the ministry. If parties are in negotiations, they must use the government's conciliation services before they can get into a position to engage in a strike or lockout. So, great, we applied and we got a conciliator. So, let's sit down and hammer out this contract, right? By September 20th, just one week after a government conciliation officer was appointed to our case, the Unit 1 bargaining team had proposed multiple dates for continuing our negotiations with the university. As is customary, the conciliation officer then informed the employer of our availability and eagerness to return to the table as early as October 7th. Sadly, perhaps maybe in the spirit of Halloween, the university bargaining team effectively ghosted us for 17 days. The radio silence finally ended last week with a suggestion that we meet on November 5th, almost a full month after our earliest proposed date. So, I feel like this was strategic. By November 5th, the provincial legislature will be back in session for more than a week. 
And so there's a chance at that point that Bill 124 will have become law. So the university strategy makes total sense. I get it. Why spend any time negotiating if, by delaying by a couple, four, or five months, you can cut the funding to a huge fraction of the people you employ? Yeah, I get it. But it's gross. Despite these delay tactics, we are ready to get negotiations moving again and to achieve an agreement that is fair and just, especially considering the historic 87% strike mandate that empowers us even further. We spent the past week pressuring the employer to return to the table in a timely manner, and will continue to demand not only that they meet with us as soon as possible, but also that they provide us with more than a single day for conciliation. For now though, we can say that conciliation for Unit 1 is tentatively scheduled for Tuesday, November 5th. It's not all grim though. In addition to the overwhelming support of our members, we're also heartened by the wonderful contributions of groups such as the Graduate Students Association, or the GSA, the Department of Political Science, the Department of Sociology, and the Arab Students Association. Demonstrations of solidarity like this help strengthen our position going into conciliation, signaling to the employer that we have the support needed to continue fighting for the bargaining priorities ratified by our members. So that's where we're at right now. If you'd like to help out, take a look in the show notes. I've included a list of things that we need help doing, including joining our strike committee or soliciting your department for letters of support. There's actually one more thing that you can help with. On Thursday, October 24th, we're meeting with the Board of Governors. So who are these people? Board members play an important role in the governance of the university, since the board is the legal owner and the final authority for the institution whose assets and operations the board holds in trust. In carrying out its financial responsibilities, the board must accept full accountability for the finances of the university, including monitoring and authorizing the annual operating budget, prudent investments, and comprehensive fundraising activities, as well as the obligation to ensure that financial assets are appropriately managed. Basically, they run the show. We've attempted to contact them in writing, and our open letter is linked in the show notes, but they're especially talented at making themselves scarce. However, on Thursday, we'll be able to make our case to them in person and remind them that our best interests are the university's best interests. Alright, so that was a lot, but I'd really like to end this episode with maybe something that we can do for you. A full-time graduate student in a PhD program can defer up to one term of their TA-ship guarantee subject to the approval from their department. A PhD student who defers a TA-ship will have their guarantee extended by one term. For example, you can defer a TA-ship in the winter term of year 2 and instead work as a TA in the fall term of year 5. This is an especially useful option if you're unable to TA because of coursework, fieldwork, or research. In some departments, TAs are offered buyouts, which means that they are paid but do not have to work as a TA. TAs who are bought out are still eligible for the dental plan. If you defer or accept a buyout, you will need to sign a form to ensure that you are aware of your rights and the implications associated with the deferral or buyout. So keep that in mind. This is Article 13.02a. So thank you for listening and keep a lookout for our next episode. In the following episodes, I'll be keeping you updated on union news, including bargaining updates, calls to action, and events. 
We'll also feature union members with experiences that other members can hopefully learn from to better their experience at McMaster. You can find us on Twitter at C-U-P-E underscore 3906 or online at www.cupe3906.org. For strike-specific updates, head to bettermac.ca. In solidarity, Adam. And if not injury, then stress is going to tie you up in knots. And so we take home more than a paycheck to our loved ones and family. More than a paycheck to our loved ones and family. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and family. We bring more than Long, 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 long